everybody. Welcome to another After Sunday discussion. It has been a very long time since we've had one of these. I'm one of your hosts, Cody Haggard, and with me, as always, is the one and only Josh Bowsey. Hi. Josh, you look um, a little tired right now. Are you feeling it? It's been a long day. Feeling some fatigue. Josh, yeah, you were uh, you were hustling and bustling earlier today. Yeah, you were you were involved in a competition. Yes, I was. I went out. There was uh, someone from the gym I go to knows somebody who they have it. They had a fundraising competition to raise funds for the, the guy's granddaughter who's fighting cancer right now in yeah. Tennessee. So we went out, and there were about fifty other people out there, and just worked out together, hung out, goofed off, um, and all for just supporting this family and hopefully helping raise some money to support the girl. So yeah, it was fun. It was good. It was a great experience. Yeah. And for those of you who don't know if this is your first after Sunday discussion, this is a podcast where myself and Josh, we sit down and we just talk about the various different things that are going on in life, the things that we find interesting, the things that we find silly, the things that we think are cool discussions to talk about. And today we don't really have an agenda but there are a few things that I want to discuss today. We are going to be talking about some current things going on. And the first thing that I want to mention, Josh, is Disney+. Plus. It has invaded. Yes. And what do you think? It what has think? dropped. Um, I, okay, so The Mandalorian, loving it. Yeah. Yes. Mandalorian is very good. Yes. I am I mean Baby Yoda is super cute and just I, I'm loving I'm loving the premise and the way they've done it so far. Granted, it's only episode three. So it's only episode three. But three we'll three solid episodes at the beginning of a series is pretty is yeah. Is a strong start. It's making me more and more excited for the Kenobi series that they announced. Yes. So yes. Um, functionality wise, it's a little wonky. It's a little wonky. There are some issues I yes. have with it as well. Yes. Um, but is that because, so, okay. Have you noticed that it won't show you things that you're currently watching up front? Won't show you things you're currently watching and there, it has some issues with resuming things you've already started watching. Yes. Very inconsistent. Yes. So yeah, that's, that's the big gripe. And then like, I've noticed also, um, just ridiculous latency when it comes to the visual side of the experience where like I will hear a scene maybe 10 seconds before the scene shows like because the, the it will f- freeze okay the picture will freeze but I can still hear the audio okay and then when the visuals when the picture catches up it'll actually go back and start from where the picture froze interesting so, and it's, I've caught it on my laptop, on my PS4, and on my phone. Are any of those hardwired in? Obviously, your phone's not. Uh, my, my PS4 is hardwired in. Okay. Yes. Yeah, see, I haven't experienced that, mm-hmm. but uh, I'm hardwired in, in in my room where I've probably watched it the most. Mm-hmm. And I haven't had any problems with that, but I got to be honest, man, I'm enjoying the service. So I I have three kids, for those of you who don't know, I have three kids, a five-year-old, a four-year-old, and a one-year-old who will be two in January. So it's it's a really nice family service. You've got Mm -hmm. lots of options. I like the ability to be able to show my kids the films I loved growing up with. 
uh, because a lot of those things like we had on VHS, yeah. you know, and they're still hanging out in my mom's garage in a box somewhere, and I don't even have a, a VCR. Okay, what movie was your favorite from those VHS tapes? What movie was my favorite? Yeah. Ah, that's a good question. I think the one that's probably held the test of time the most is I'm a big fan of the animated Aladdin. I've always loved the okay. animated Aladdin film. I think it's great. That and Toy Story. Okay. Uh, Toy Story is another fantastic movie. The ones that actually probably got the most watching time because as a kid I was obsessed with them, the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers movie. I Not pro- a Disney movie. Not a Disney movie, no. And not Doctor a, Ooze, not not a good movie either. Like, but we all watched it. Oh a ton. man, I watched that movie like every day. But it wasn't very good. Not not good at all. And and I have no. But desire. you didn't realize that until you got older. No. <laughs> but it's one of those movies where I have no desire to really go back and watch or or have my kids watch. But things like Aladdin and Toy Story, it's like kids, you got to watch this because this is great and. Something that I noticed too, like watching some of these older Disney animated movies, like in thinking about how movies are made, man, they were doing some really cutting edge things, some really neat things with camera work and camera motion and how they were making that work in an animated film. I think it just, most people don't think about that, but that is not easy. That's time consuming. Mm -hmm. And it's really, really magical, like how you're able to have like rotating cameras. In a, mm-hmm. in a 2D animated film. Like, right. this is not a 3D space. Right. And so I just think that stuff's fascinating. Yeah. I think the one of the two most watched movies at our house is on the service. The other one is not. So, and the one that's not is a huge disappointment to me. So, we, growing up, we had like, you had your VHS movies, that's all you watched. Yeah. So, the most watched movie at our house was The Big Green. Okay. And multiply that by like 10 Angels in the Outfield. I think we watched Angels in the Outfield all Great the movie. time. Great movie. Which but one's not, on there? Which one's not? The Big Green is on. Angels in the Outfield is not. Okay. Yes. I wonder if that could possibly be due to like licensing issues or something like that. Because but it was a Disney movie. It's a Disney movie, <laughs> but there's also the Major League Baseball license you have to have to make that movie. So publishing oh, it yeah. now in 2019, they might have run into like an agreement they would have to have with Major League Baseball because oh they would have to reserve f- they would have to renew the license to use right right gotcha. so like because it would be currently in in print quote-unquote in print so per download they would have to give something to major league baseball so that's probably why it's probably why that's happening yeah well anyway so yes you know what else is not on there that i noticed the og ducktales really darkwing duck is on but when you go to look at DuckTales, it's the new one, which I am perfectly fine with. I think the voice acting in the new one is better okay. than the original. Um, they have a great cast, and I love the new one. I'm sorry, that's like my childhood guilty pleasure. Yeah, that, no, but that's kind of weird, though, that um, the classic one's not on there. Because I think it's interesting. I The attraction to Disney+, Plus. I know we talked about it probably two after Sunday discussions ago about whether or not Disney Plus would be a Netflix killer. 
Now, I don't think that Disney Plus is a Netflix killer based on how the service is now. However, if Netflix can't get out of their financial woes, I mean, they're just going to end up killing themselves, right? I mean, $12 billion in debt is hard to bounce back from, and I don't necessarily know what their plan is to to dig out. I don't but know. What do you think about Disney Plus being a Netflix killer, or how do you think it affects Netflix? What do, what do you think, based on now being hands-on with the service, experiencing it, kind of seeing how it works? And I, I mean, I think I very much know what it is, what it's going to be. So what do you think? What do you think it does to things like Netflix? Well, I think Netflix has really picked up on their offerings mm-hmm. since... Like as as the launch of Disney Plus was coming closer, and because like I saw like Step Brothers just got dropped, and a lot of other movies are getting dropped onto Netflix. However, I don't see them increasing their subscriptions because now, I mean, let's be honest, for twelve ninety nine, and you get the Disney Plus Premium or whatever they're calling it right now, yeah. you get ESPN, Disney Plus, and then Hulu. I mean, for the same price as just Netflix, I yeah, I'd rather get Hulu than Netflix. I'm sorry. When it comes, when it if I'm getting the other two on top of it, it's a better value proposition for me to just go with the 12.99 Disney Plus bundle than going 12.99 with Netflix. Although here's what I'll say about Netflix: Netflix is the champion. Of user interface. Yes. Netflix is a fantastic user experience. The interface is very good on all of its apps. How it works on a desktop, how it works on a phone, how it works on the the Roku type mm-hmm. apps. It does work so well. In fact, um, my one my, the one thing about Netflix I kind of have a gripe with is I don't like how the mobile app seems to limit your access to the library. Mm-hmm. If unless you know what you want to watch, you're basically going to watch what Netflix wants you to watch. And I've never been a huge fan of that. Um, but, you know, it's you're on the go, you're mobile, you're probably not necessarily browsing as right. much as like, hey, I'm going to resume this TV show or whatever. But yeah, I think it's hard to think of Netflix getting more subscriptions because of new things. Mm-hmm. But I do think there are a couple of things that Disney Plus has shown us that'll help keep Netflix afloat and alive, right? Disney's library is actually not quite as big as I think maybe some of us thought it was, right? Because we've seen the library, what's going to be there, and it's a big library, but it's not like vast to the point of, oh man, there's no reason to have Netflix now, right? Like there's still very a very good reason to have Netflix because they've got a huge library, a lot of content, a lot to offer. Another thing is that um, I, I kind of forgot where I was going. Oh, yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Um, another thing is that Disney Plus won't be having any rated R films, right? So Netflix could very much become the place where like, okay, Disney Plus is where kids go to watch movies and and families, and Netflix is kind of where you go to watch your more grown-up films. But doesn't Hulu do movies? Hulu does, but okay. I don't think they have nearly as big a contracts as Netflix. Because when you think about it, Hulu, if you go and you buy a Hulu subscription, it's only like six bucks a month. Mm -hmm. So they're only going to be able to give you so much. Now, granted, they are making advertising dollars. Mm -hmm. Um, Because it's not Hulu Plus. Right. 
Right. Right. And I and then I think something with uh, Disney Plus though that could ultimately be the most damaging thing for Netflix is not even what Disney Plus is going to do, but what Disney Plus is going to show other big production studios what they can do. Mm -hmm. Like how far away are we now from a Universal Plus or a Warner Brothers Plus? Content those two studios have to do something like that. Oh yeah. I mean if Warner Brothers does something and Universal does something, I mean that though they have so much then Netflix at that point it's like, oh, are Netflix originals worth it? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I. The thing, though, that I will say is that subscription services are just becoming super... Like, the market's getting super saturated. There's a subscription service for everything now. Mm-hmm. And it's it's funny because um, I, I was looking at a meme the other day, and it had, like, all the different streaming services that were audiovisual. And then you calculate the total amount you'd have to spend each month to have all of them. It's like sixty to seven, sixty to like seventy bucks. Mm-hmm. And then there's just some. It's like I thought I was switching to you to get rid of cable. Mm-hmm. And then underneath it's Obi Wan Kenobi from his. Like you've become what you swore to def- defeat. <laughs> because that's what I mean. If you want HBO now, if you want. YouTube, whatever the I, there's too many for me to remember. Yeah, Netflix, Amazon Prime, Hulu, Disney Plus, uh, all of these things. It costs a lot of money when it you does. add it all up, and it's also on demand too. I mean, that is true. That's the, you know, I I've heard people talk about the cost thing and all that in the last few weeks, but at the end of the day, it's a la carte. You don't need to have all of them at the same time, and. You don't have to worry about, oh, man, I got to wait till five to watch this or this is only on at this hour. Now, granted, what they're doing with the Mandalorian, right? They're going back to episodic releases once a week. What? How do you feel about that? I'm fine with it. Amazon Prime has been doing that for years now. And it's it's good because it's like I like the fact that I have something to look forward to on Friday. Because mm-hmm. it's going to drop on Friday or whatever day it's going to drop. And I can't binge it. Like, there's no way for no. me to binge it. Right. Because, like, like Stranger Things drops an entire season in a day. And, and people binge it in one day, all eight hours, ten hours of it. Yeah. That's a lot of TV. <laughs> it is a lot of TV. Um, Where it's like, okay, I know I'm going to get an hour episode on Friday. I'll watch it before I go to bed. And just that's it. Yeah, that's nice. It, from like a consumer standpoint too, like this is what I was telling people at work. Like, and I was telling you this earlier. My five-year-old, uh, he really loves Star Wars. And uh, after watching the first episode of The Mandalorian, I was like, Yeah, I think he can watch this, and we'll be okay. Uh, and so. It's been fun the last couple of weeks. You know, I've gone to work on Friday. I've gotten home and kind of had that family time, like, to watch The Mandalorian together, right? Mm-hmm. It, 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 We can have dinner, sit down, and watch it together. It's a really cool experience. It's really fun. And I like that. And it reminds me, as a kid, TGIF. Did you guys watch TGIF? Yeah, TGIF. I mean, I mean who... 
who right. who didn't at some mm-hmm. point, right? Because it was like a cultural phenomenon, and that's what I do like about the episodic releases. And I do like the fact that unlike cable or network television, it drops on Friday and it's there all day. And then whenever you can get it, you can mm-hmm. get it. So you don't have to like not do your thing. And here's right? the other thing wanna... that's great about it is if your spouse decides to watch it, they can't watch ahead. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Unless they watch a couple hours before you come home from work. That's... Yeah, but they can't watch like an entire season ahead yeah. of you. Oh, just let me tell you about that. I'm currently trying to catch up on the blacklist. My wife just plowed through that show and I got to catch a couple episodes. And I was like, man, this is really interesting. But mm-hmm. I've been so bogged down with seminary you know i've texted you so many times about rescheduling recordings because life has just been bonkers for me but it's uh it's it's funny because you know for for me like i always get so behind whenever my wife and i watch a show because she's able to stay up a little later because um she doesn't have to get up early for work yeah but she still gets up early with the kids she also like i don't know what it is she doesn't get as worn out from watching something as as me like when i'm sitting there and i'm just relaxed i just out you know and i she has the ability maybe curse to not really be able to fall asleep while watching tv gotcha and so she'll just keep watching it what I was going to mention, too, is what I appreciate about episodic releases is that watching TV is also very addictive. Like, it is really easy to say, oh, I'm going to watch one, and then I'll go do what I need to do. And then you're like, ah, I'll watch one more. Ah, I'll watch one more. Right. And then you never do what you need to do. Mm-hmm. There's this addictive... Um, it's that instant gratification aspect yeah, of it. Because yeah, because they're all designed in such a way to get you to come back and watch the next week. Right. However, when you can just watch the next one, it's like, eh, you know, I mm-hmm. watch another one. And, and, you know, some people might say that that's a stupid reasoning, but I actually think it's a good thing to be able to say like, oh, I'll watch one, maybe two, and then you do what I'm supposed to in right. life. And I appreciate that. Yeah. I, go, yeah. Going back to Disney Plus, though, I think... Two things, two things I want to end this, or two last things I want to talk about is it's been a complete nostalgia trip because mm-hmm. like there's so many things that pop up that I'm like, oh my goodness, I remember when I was a kid in this, like the Even Stevens movie. Mm-hmm. Like we went over to my cousin's house to watch it. Oh yeah. Because he had cable. Big, that was a big time right? original channel movie. But the, so like, like nostalgia trip when it comes to like those those TV series mm-hmm. like Boy Meets World and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but then also like the like I was going through the list of movies that they had, and there were movies that I remember watching as a kid, but I don't remember how. Like, cause I, we don't have the VHS, we don't have the DVD or something. Yeah. So like, there are movies that I remember like loving, like Pete's Dragon, mm-hmm. the original Pete's Dragon, and I'm like. I haven't watched this movie since I was like six. Now, did you have the Disney Channel? No. Okay. Because I know they would show a lot of older Disney films mm-hmm. throughout the week. I mean, they always had their right. original movies, but every once in a while they would have time slots for... We never had cable. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So it's just like, I'm like going through it. I'm like, do you remember Dinosaur? 
Yeah, that's, yeah. that was a, that was a pretty interesting movie. I yeah, remember going to that's on there. Gargoyles is on there. Yeah, Gargoyles was a great show. It's Gargoyles on, is one of the better animated shows from from that uh, era, yeah. like the late nineties. But it's like I, I'm like the original Pete's Dragon, um, the Rocketeer. I never saw the Rocketeer. No, that was no. a good movie. Um, trying to think what else. Three Musketeers is on there. Which Davey is Davy Crockett. Yeah, Davy Crockett's on yep. there. Um, Three Musketeers is on there, which was one of my wife's favorite movies growing up. Uh, so I look forward to watching yes. that with her. Um, heavyweights my... is on there. You know how I love heavyweights. It's on there, <laughs> even though I own it. It's the like, Sandlot's uh, on there. Sandlot's on there. So you know it's a good service when Sandlot shows up. Yeah. Um, yeah, but like Lydia and I watched, uh, my sister and I watched Steamboat Willie. The yeah, original. That's cool. It's weird. <laughs> Had to start somewhere, you know. And and that's another thing that's really neat is it is neat to go back and watch some of those classics. Mm-hmm. Like, if anyone hasn't watched, you really have to go back. You got to watch Snow White. You got to watch Bambi. Bambi. You got to watch, like, Cinderella. Some of these more classic Disney animated films. Like, Snow, Snow White virtually is what made Disney what mm-hmm. Disney is. Like it was an explosion of success. And even though it might not be as flashy or fancy as what we'll see now in animation, uh, like Frozen 2 is out now, right? Mm-hmm. Which I'm sure you would go to that movie and it would be a beautiful looking movie, but when you think about when Snow White was made and how much TLC was put into that. Mm-hmm. It is really, really amazing. You know, I look forward. I haven't watched the original Mary Poppins in a long time. I know we watched Mary Poppins Returns not too long ago, which was, it was fine, but it didn't have that same, to me, it didn't have that same, like, appeal. Right. My, I, one of the first movies we watched on Disney+, Plus. I didn't watch the whole thing because it's really long. But I was in and out of it. Sound of Music. Yep. That's on there. Well it's a great movie. movie classic. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of good stuff on there. But then the other thing too is like they have like the original, like the OG Marvel TV animated series. Yeah. Like Spider-Man the X-Men and X-Men. Show, yep. Which is a great show. Oh, I was just like... I. It's a great show. Lots of nostalgia right now. This but is... I, I will say this for anybody who's listening, who's on the fence about Disney Plus, I would consider you know doing the free trial, checking out what's on there. You, you know, it's one of those things where giving more money to Disney, it's like man, they get all of our money from the big blockbuster films and all this stuff. I get it. Disney is. They're a great business as well as they have great intellectual properties, but I think it's very reasonable, the cost. So I think I think the one thing that they've kind of done, though, is killed their own DVD Blu-ray business. Because, like, why would I spend $25 on a Disney Blu-ray for, like, Toy Story or something if I can just get Disney Plus and let, just watch it there? Yeah. It makes me wonder if... DVD sales are down. They have to be. To the point of where it's like, okay, we're going to make all of our money at the box office. Hopefully people are going to jump over here. We're going to get all those week one 
digital and DVD release money when that happens because people will be in on the hype. But we'll just try and get that concurrent income from people, yeah. seven bucks a month. Because if you think about it, seven dollars a month is a lot of money when you think about how many people take in Disney stuff. Mm-hmm. How many people are spending $7 a month to go see a Disney movie in theaters? How many families are? Probably I don't know. probably not many every month, right? Maybe they still every, make a ton of money on all their movies. So. Maybe every couple of months you go see a Disney movie and you drop some some money. But when you think about it, it's like, okay, it's actually when when you're getting in a given year, you're you're getting what is it like $85 from a family a year. That's not bad. Mm-hmm. It's not no. bad when you think about how many millions and millions of subscriptions they probably have. Probably. Yeah. Um, yeah, so. But do we know anything about the delay from DVD release to... No idea. Uh, Disney Plus release? No idea. No clue? I think, I think Frozen 2 will be the... The f- the first glimpse that we have on that. Yeah. And I think it'll be at least two months from DVD release to Disney Plus. At least two months, maybe more. Mm. We'll see. They dropped they dropped Endgame on there when Disney Plus launched, with right. en- which Endgame came out in July. So right. July to November is five months. So we know no, that... No, wait, it came out on DVD in July. Right, yeah. Ah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I was talking about. Anyway, I, I think it's I think it's definitely worth checking out. Unless you absolutely do not like Disney, then I totally get that. Your Marvel movies, your Star Wars movies are all going to be on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the only way to watch the original Star Wars movies and the prequel series in 4K. So if that means anything to you, it's the only way to watch the original Star Wars and the prequel series in 4K. There are no 4K Blu-ray releases of right. either one of those trilogies. So that's another thing, too. I don't know if it's worth $85 a year, but <laughs> if that matters to you, that's an option. 85 Isn't it 84 7 bucks a month. Is it 84 It's 6 a month for 12 months. It's 84 Okay, 84 it's a under 84 But do you pay tax? Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, so 85. Yeah. <laughs> Darn taxes. That tax. Gets you every time. Gets you every time. Anyway, so in other news. In other news. Um, we had the Browns literally, ah. literally beat down the Steelers. <laughs> <laughs> the Brownies. So for those of you who aren't sports fans, I get it, but we're going to talk about I think about, everybody's, ta- everybody's we're gonna talking about We're going to talk about sports here for a second. And I just want to say this. I'm not a sports analyst, but, you know, I love watching sports. I played sports. I think they're great. And I love football. The moment I saw a Browns defensive end by the name of Miles Garrett rip the helmet off of a quarterback. Now, granted, they were fighting. They were kind of like going back and forth, jabbering back and forth and at the bottom of... I'm not going to go the whole thing. You want to see the clip? Look up Miles Garrett, Mason Rudolph. Anyway, never thought I would see anyone swing a helmet at a quarterback 
without his helmet on, much well, less okay. the when guy's there's own 10 helmet. seconds left in the game, much less when you're winning the when game. When you're winning the game. And it's just like, oh, man. He, in For people who don't know the Browns, Miles Garrett is definitely the best player on the team. And he's now suspended indefinitely for... At um, least this season. For at least the remainder of the season, and then who knows going into next season because it's indefinite, right? They haven't given him right. a defined amount of games. So sitting here as a fan of the Browns, as a fan of sports, it's just super disappointing. Like, man, that could have that could have really been avoided. Like <laughs> and Josh, you're not a huge you're not a huge sports fan, but mm-hmm. you heard about this. Oh yeah. I heard about it. See, I didn't watch the game. I, had a lot, I knew a lot of people who were at the game. Okay. One of my coworkers was at the game. But that Friday at work, walked in at, or no, I called into a 7.30 conference call. And it was all of our managers. And they were all talking about, did you see that beat down? <laughs> how could you not talk about it? I mean, how could you not? It was just, it was thrown at you like the world is going to have to talk about this, which is why Miles Garrett's suspension is indefinite, by the way, because it did get so much media. And if the NFL did anything that looked like grace, the world would blow up because this is the world we live in now, right? Where people are screaming assault and wanting the guy to go into prison. Like, ah, oh, that's a little extreme. It is football, violent game. I, I told you this. I heard this at the office the other day, but... Someone's just like, yeah, Rudolph didn't know what happened to his helmet until it hit him. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, and it was... <sighs> and for the most part, like, I don't have beef with Steelers fans or anything like that. I'm a, I'm a Cleveland fan, and, you know, I'm not trying to bash Steelers fans or anything. But one thing I do think is funny are the Steelers fans who are making jokes about the fact that they wish that the helmet would have hit Mason Rudolph a little bit harder because they think he's a terrible quarterback. And it's like, ah. He's their third string QB, though. I mean. Yeah. That Okay, so I think if anything, that entire incident was kind of telling about just the leadership within the Browns organization, how the coaches don't have control over their players. Yeah, but I mean, I I don't think you can blame the coaches for that. I mean, that falls. Well, there's just totally no discipline. The entire season's been the the team has just been struggling because of all their penalties for the most part. Yeah, they get so many every single game. Yeah, and then you just and it just shows like lack of discipline from the players and a situation where you're winning the game, you have eight seconds left. Okay, it's their third string. Okay, quarterback. I thought he was second string. Is he second? I, I think whatever. He's, he's not that. He's not their star quarterback. He's, he's not, not making a ton of money. And he's not good. Okay, you you tackled. I mean, you took him down on the play. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, he got the ball off, but whatever. Okay, eight seconds. You win the game. You go if if you just walked away from that interaction without doing anything and just went back to your mm-hmm. line. Eight seconds later, game would be over. You don't have to worry about what he said. Yeah, said and ever again. If he said something, 
And, and, you know, I've heard a couple people say this, and this was actually my initial thought after I watched the incident. You rip off Mason Rudolph's helmet. You throw it. You throw it across the field. You throw it into the. You throw it into the mm-hmm. stands. You slam it on the ground. You do anything with that helmet besides hit him on the head with it, and you're a hero, right? right? Like you, you are a hero. But like, okay, just the the amazing physical ability of Miles Garrett to just pick him up. He's a strong man. One armed. He picked up a grown man. By his helmet, like lifted him from the ground to his feet. A six foot four, 235 pound man. Like it's amazing. Rudolph's not like me going out there with a football helmet on, you know, is like, a, is a decent oh. sized human being. But yeah, it's just, that's the life of being a Cleveland sports fan, man. You can just, you can never catch a break, right? Right when you think the Browns are turning the corner, right? They beat the, they beat the Stillers. <laughs> Went out there and beat the Stillers, pounded them into the ground, you know? Like, Literally. <laughs> <laughs> and then that had to happen. Such a disappointment, but... For those of you who do not live within the Northeast Ohio area, it actually is a wonderful place to live unless you are a huge sports fan. Just be ready for constant disappointment if you want to root for the Browns, the Cavaliers, or the Indians. Uh, all heartbreakers. You know, the Cavaliers gave us a couple of really good runs, but who would have thought that the Golden State Warriors would have exploded like they did? You know, LeBron James comes back. And then the Golden State Warriors all of a sudden turn into one of the most amazing teams to ever play sports. It was just so unfortunate. And of course, the year the Indians go back to World Series is also the year the Cubs go back to the World Series. Yeah, for real. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That yeah, was a great series. Though. Two teams that, that had one of the longest stretches without a World Series victory. And, man. Of course the Cubs had to get it. The Indians needed one more game. I know. I was okay with the Cubs winning it. Yeah. I knew well, the curse of the Billy Goat. So. I was okay with them winning it. But I enjoyed it. Th- <laughs> the thing was, there was, there was a lot. That was one of my favorite baseball series to watch, though. Mm-hmm. Especially Game 7. Game 7 was yeah. a fantastic baseball game. And I don't watch a lot of baseball mm-hmm. because it's... You know, you call me fair-weathered fan, whatever... Until it's the playoffs and there's something at stake, it's just really hard. It's to a be long like, season. Yeah, to be like, oh man, this game really matters. And well, what about the home opener this year? Going to be in snow. <laughs> it's what March twenty eighth or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it's been in snow in April. It's a good chance. We got snow already. So, I'm Josh, so if you had to pick one Cleveland sports team to watch. And for the rest of Indians. your life, you could only watch them. Cleveland Indians. <laughs> Cleveland Indians, okay. All right. I'd probably pick the old brownies. Really? I just love football. Wow. Oh. It's... At I least, like at least you'd be able to watch some other good teams from <laughs> time and again. <laughs> you know? <laughs> pass, pass through Cleveland. Get to appreciate Tom Brady for a couple of minutes and... Uh, <laughs> oh. uh, anyway... Yeah, but that's life in that's life in Northeast Ohio. Everybody, we mm. have uh, we have a lovely winter that's approaching. That we talk about that too much. Can we please stop talking about it's that? It suddenly slammed upon us here. In it didn't November. slam. It's been stuttering in. We all know that. It, okay, it didn't slam, but we sure 
we sure did experience a 60 degree, maybe 50 degree day, followed by a snowstorm. <laughs> that did happen. Yes, it did. That did happen. Okay, well, that's okay. And that felt like a slam. And then today we got a little bit of we got a little bit of freezing rain. Yeah, you know that's always fun. It's par for the course. Fortunately, as long as my door locks don't get frozen again, I'll be fine. Yeah, yeah, no big deal. But I think uh, one of the things I'm most excited about is um, Christmas coming up this year. I'm like not stressed about Christmas shopping or anything like that. My kids told me the things they want. They're pretty simple things. We're gonna take care of that and probably gonna do it all online. And dude, uh, Thanksgiving is this week. Up. How are you talking about Christmas already? Well, you know, Thanksgiving as far as preparing for Thanksgiving. Is oh yeah, you don't is, do any of the cooking, do you? Is nowhere near stressful. No, I don't. And my wife and I have not hosted Thanksgiving yet as a married couple, which is which is pretty nice. I'm sure we will at some point. We'll we'll put in we'll put in our time, you know. <laughs> but uh, you're going to your brother's house this year? Yeah, sisters, okay. sisters, sisters. Going to my fun. sisters. It's gonna be a good time. But uh, you gonna watch any football on Thanksgiving? No, no. No. Did you watch the parade on Thanksgiving? Used to, not anymore. Dude, I haven't watched the Thanksgiving Day Parade in probably 15 years. 15 years? Yeah, 15 years. Probably since grade school. That's crazy to think about. I'm trying to think. I remember in high school, we had our high school went. Mm-hmm. Our, the marching band went. So I watched that. Watched a little bit. Uh, I watched a little bit of it last year with my baby cousin. Well, she's not really a baby anymore. She's five, so... Yeah. So, no, I mean, she's still, I mean, it's, if it's on, I'll watch it. If it's not, yeah. whatever. We used to play football every Thanksgiving morning. Remember that? Right. Yeah. That's why I missed it a lot. Yeah. As well as when I was in college, I would come home. I would meet up with a bunch of friends and stuff on Wednesday night. And I was, sleep. <laughs> I was out for Thanksgiving morning. Uh-huh. I was not getting up from Macy's. But it's been a long time, man. Do they still put on a pretty good parade? Have, have you I don't know. Watched, of it? Is uh, it any good? Last year was okay. I mean, it's just the same thing, really. Just re Balloons repackaged and, and sent through. Yeah, people. There will be the bands always play the be, same songs. The dance of the troops <laughs> dance the same things. Uh, yeah, I'm just looking forward to cranberry sauce and mashed potatoes. Tell me a little bit about this book you've been listening to. Now I know about Uh-oh. it, but I think that the listeners would be interested into this. The um, the book about the guys from Black Rifle. Oh, the, the memoir you've been reading, man. This story that. is extremely I fascinating. That. I like. I, I want to pick it up. I finished that in two days. <laughs> yeah, it sounds really good. So, um, if nobody knows, I am a big supporter of a company out of. They're now out of Texas. They were out of Utah called Black Rifle Coffee Company. Mm-hmm. Um, veteran-owned company makes very, very, very high-quality coffee, and they have awesome merch. Um, so they're, they're started, the founders are a few veterans, um, Eric Hafer, Matt Bass, Jared Taylor. Uh, they're, I mean... They're all over YouTube. They're all over the internet. Uh, but great guys. Love listening to their podcast shows. And 
the things that they do and they're huge supporters of the veteran community so shout out to them i guarantee you they're not listening to this but that's okay yeah they're also not a sponsor of this podcast no. so uh, this is legitimate just if anything i sponsor them with how much food and right. <laughs> stuff yeah. i own yeah. by them um but Matt Best, one of the founders, used to be an army ranger, uh, served in Iraq, Afghanistan, and he has recently published a memoir of his time. And it is everything you would expect from a army ranger and someone who is running a company. And if you know anything about them, it's exactly him. So uh, it's now, just... Now, was he the coffee guy or was he the, the YouTube guy? He's he's the YouTube. He's more of the YouTube guy. Cause cause one of them was kind Evan of Evan is the coffee guy. Evan's the coffee guy. Okay. Yes. Matt and Jared are the YouTube marketing guys. Gotcha. Um, which, in all honesty, they've probably become more of coffee people though. So, but I mean, let's be honest. It's guns and coffee. That's their thing. So. Now, do they sell firearms? No. They don't have a firearms no, 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 outlet? No. no. Okay. I didn't know. No. Uh, very, their first company was Article 15 Clothing, very much geared towards veterans. Then it ballooned into uh, Lead Slingers Whiskey and Rum, and then Coffee. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, no. The, the memoir is great. It is... It, it is very enlightening to understand who Matt Best is and just his journey through life and his experiences. And I mean, it's a little raunchy. It's a pretty vulgar. Um, but at the same time, it's raw and it's like you can tell like he's just saying how it is. And uh, it's it's kind of cool for a fan of them and a supporter of them to just kind of hear it from the horse. Was it? Is it the horse's mouth? Yeah. Horse's mouth of uh, just how how they got to where they are, and honestly, for, if you listen to it, it's a lot of hard work, grinding, and luck. So, yeah. yeah. But it, it yeah it was it was it's the audio book is narrated by him. Mm-hmm. I also picked up the actual print copy of the book. So, yes, it's it's good. It's a very easy read. Now, do you get your audio books? Do you have an Audible subscription? Yes. Yes. So you did that for your credit this month, or did you actually? I do the every other month credit. Okay. So, yeah, I picked up. I have I have so many. I have a reading list that is. So okay, when it comes to Audible or audiobooks, I will more likely listen to the audiobook, and if I like it, I'll pick up the print copy and then go through it again and Mm -hmm. annotate and take notes depending on what the book is so like i just picked up um extreme ownership by jocko will willick will i can never pronounce his last name uh but it's just lessons from a u.s navy seal yeah uh and that is a very very good book if uh, you guys ever want to learn about leadership skills read it it's all about his experience during the battle of ramadi leading a seal team um and just coordinating the the teams that he was in charge of and then it's his um the one of the team leaders also co-wrote the book and just very very practical stuff so i picked up the 
print copy going to go through that. I'm listening through um, The Way I Heard It by Mike Rowe right now. Okay. So it's it's a lot of his, po- if you've ever heard of his podcast, really, I, really you know, well done. I, I've never listened to Mike Rowe's podcast. I mean, I watched a lot of Dirty Jobs. I thought that was an <laughs> awesome show. So, so the way I heard it is he takes... Take a f- historical figure, someone who's done something yeah. significant to better humanity, and then he will retell their story of how they got to the moment that made them who they like, who they're known to be, just in a way that you're not exactly sure who that person is until the end. Okay. Um, and it's pretty factual. He does say that he takes a couple liberties when it comes to just reactions and stuff like that, but... Um, it's, so the way that the, his book went was you get to, at least the audible audiobook is you listen to a podcast or two podcast episodes that are related to each other, at least theme wise or life lesson wise. And then he'll tell you a story from his life that kind of follows the same lesson. Yeah. Um, but that's also, he's also a person who. I can listen to him for hours and it's yeah. great. <laughs> yeah, so. Micro is a pretty down to earth guy. Gonna yeah. gonna kinda tell you how it is in a in what I would consider to be reasonable and gentle way. He's just kinda has that about him. He's not one of those guys who's like wanting to bring the truth and bring it hard in your face and make you feel bad about yourself. Like I, I feel like that's a lot of how real talk has turned into, right? To just kind of be like in your face and Make you feel it's bad the Fox, the CNN, kind of oh, screaming yeah. at each other. I think Get it's out of here, those like two networks. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, Mike Rowe. I don't know. Have you heard about the Micro Foundation and like his big push for trades? Yes, yeah. I actually have heard about this. Um, but yeah, like when he talks about that, that's something that he's passionate about and. Like, he's very much just like, hey, this is how it is. This is what the statistics show. This is what the data is showing. Like, we are not sending our kids into trade school. We don't have enough welders or plumbers. Yeah. And the welders and plumbers who are still doing the job are getting paid six-figure salaries annually because nobody else is doing the job. I mean, so, yeah. um, so like, he set up a foundation to provide scholarships for people who want to go into trades. Yeah, Uh which I think is great because it is really, you know, being somebody who kind of, I kind of work with my hands. Um, But you're a welder. Yeah, you know, I know how to weld. I know how to to manufacture as well. I mean, Mm -hmm. I know how to run machines. I know how to build things. And I think that there is something to that there's a reward to that when you're able to do something just the minor skills I've gotten from my job have made me better at just doing things around my house fixing things around my house or at the very least detecting the problems and knowing my limits and and these are things I think young men should want to learn and want to do young young men and young women I, Mm -hmm. I think you know, a lot of times we think of the trades as just for men, but if if you're a woman out there and you have an interest in in welding, by all means, like learn how to, learn how to weld, learn how to to do these different trades, learn carpentry. You know, man or woman. Yeah, but I mean, how telling is it for our society for 
You have young men who don't know how to change the oil in their cars or change the tires on their car mm-hmm. or detect a leak on their tires on their car. I mean, it's just, it's kind of crazy to think like, I don't know. I know how to change my oil. I just don't. <laughs> I just take it in. I just take it in because it's, it's a convenience factor for it's you. It's a convenience factor as well as it's not that much cheaper to change it myself. Really? Yeah. I save like 40 bucks when I change it myself. Really? Yeah. No. I they charge me 10 much. bucks for that extra quart of oil my car takes. Really? Just for the quart. So how if much I, is an oil change for you? Like 100 bucks? It's like $109. See, mine's 40 Yeah. Yeah. I have to do that. If I go and buy I'm, the oil and, have, and the filter and do it all myself, it'll cost me $42. Yeah, so and I, I, you know, I'm sure you use full synthetic. My mm. engine's full synthetic, and so I was like, forty bucks. How many quarts of oil does your car take? Uh four? yeah, around four. Okay, so not mine a takes lot. six and a half. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it's a mine's yeah. a little bit of a beast, and it's nice too because like you get the you get the inspection and stuff while they're uh, they're doing the oil change. Yeah, they screwed me. Up once, I got so mad. You know how they check the air filter? Mm-hmm. So instead of just popping the cover off and then pulling the filter out, the guy decided to take a screwdriver and loosen the clamp that holds the f- cover on. Yeah. But he never put it back on. <laughs> put the hose back on. So I got to yeah. check engine light because my O2 sen- like my O2 sensor is freaking out. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm sitting there, I'm like looking at it. I'm like, everything seems right. And then yeah. I look at this, the hose, like the the huge fat rubber hose that takes the air from the filter to the yeah. engine. And it's sitting on the, the one end is sitting on the, like where it's supposed to. Yeah. But the bottom part of it is just completely just off. Okay. I'm just like, really? Seriously? <laughs> One job. <laughs> you got one job, man. Cars. Cars. <laughs> also, they rip you off on the air filters when you get them there. Yeah. They, I mean, you take your car into a shop, you're getting ripped off left and right. I mean, that's just, they might as well just be called rip-off shop. <laughs> but the thing is, we were talking about this last week. It's not like technicians are getting paid that much right. money, though. It's just so, the companies taking so these, yeah. these companies, from a top-down perspective, are just totally scalping. Oh, yeah. It's ridiculous. Oh, but there's cars. one thing I want to talk to you about, Uh-oh. and I haven't even mentioned this to you off of the microphones that I actually watched. The we second. mentioned all of this, huh? On the before we no yeah. no okay. I mean I don't think so, but uh, I watched the second season of Jack Ryan. Yes, and and I was not a huge fan. Really? Yeah, and I'll tell you why. But I know you liked it, and I want to hear. I want to hear why you liked it. Maybe it can help my my perspective my perspective on the show a little bit. Here's what I will start off by saying: Josh is in the middle of having a little snack. I'll start off by saying this: the overall plot line, the crisis, the actual threat that they were trying to bring down was interesting. I liked the overarching plot of it. What I thought was 
was missing in the show that was done really well in the first season was was Jack Ryan's personal life. Like all of the characters' personal lives were really not touched on much. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's one of the most interesting parts of a show or a movie or a book that deals with espionage is who is the character when the mask is off, right? And we didn't really get to see that much through the second season of Jack Ryan. But they did a lot of things that I also really appreciate in the show. I think they did a lot of storytelling and emotion showing emotion through the main protagonist through his actions rather than giving long exposition dumps like, oh, he decided to do this, so this person died, and these were all the consequences. They they did a lot of showing instead of telling, mm-hmm. which I think is great when anything does that, right? They show you what it was. Um, but I do think there was just something missing in the character development realm that I thought the first season was good at like really good at like Mm -hmm. the villain was developed much more in the first season jack ryan had his relationship with uh i can't remember her name but ends up i know if i were to recall the name it's the person who ends up being his wife like in the main story Mm -hmm. and uh yeah i just thought that 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 side of it was missing and i thought it took away from the show a little bit took away from the season for me okay still i think good still a top-notch show mm-hmm. but definitely a rung down from the first season okay from my perspective interesting see i really liked the second season i know you did um it was very reminiscent of clear and present danger okay uh which is a good book and a good movie um yeah no i thought so this season didn't really seem like it felt extremely focused on Jack Ryan. It was more focused on the supporting cast. Yeah. Um, which I think Jack Ryan had his background fleshed out pretty well first season. Mm-hmm. Um, same thing with, oh, what's his name? Greer. Greer, yeah. Wendell um, Pierce is the actor. Yeah. Uh, but like the PMCs the private military contractors, like you got to see them a little bit more. You got to see what they're doing. It kind of showed you a little bit more of what's going on in the background. But also... I did like that side of it, but I also hated that side of it. You know why. I'm not going to spoil it, (laughs) but... um, Yeah, it was (laughs) too bad. Um, But it also, like... Like one of the things that I really appreciated of it was like, so first season was that classic terrorist, terrorist, impending terrorist attack. Mm -hmm. Okay. Stop the terrorists, save the world. Right. Yeah. Kind of how it, I mean, it felt like a season of 24. Yeah. A little bit, which 24 is a great show. I liked it a lot, but this was very much like it was more, I felt like it was more grounded in reality. It was, here is, I mean, that first, well, would I be spoiling it if I talk about the lecture? All right. So from here on out, if you haven't watched season two or season one of Jack Ryan, we're going to be talking about some spoilers. So you might want to dip out for now. This is 
close to the end episode anyway, so right. it's, it'd be a good time to yeah. turn out if you don't want to hear. So so going with that that first episode in season two where Jack Ryan's giving that lecture and he's talking about how if you watch the news, what's the most what's the what's the greatest threat out there? And then he kind of shows you what really is the greatest threat. Right. And and it's it's that fact of as a general public and I think this was what he, the show was trying to say was and I think this is the polit- the the subplot that they were trying to per- show was as a general public we get so focused on the headlines on CNN and Fox and we get fed all this information saying this is the big threat and the reality is is that the the powers that be the government in officials who are looking at the world are looking at a different perspective and how take this Southern America, South American country. And like, this is what's like, here are the reasons why this place is important. Yeah. And it kind of shows like everybody's focused on Russia, North Korea, China. Okay. The government's still focused on Venezuela still focused on Colombia. It's still focused on like the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. And then they're actively still doing things where people don't realize yeah. are important. Now, something I thought was interesting about the show, because I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's a show and it's modern times was it seemed to have a pretty open stance that it was anti-socialist, <laughs> um, you know, mm-hmm. showing that, Socialism leads to dictatorship, leads mm-hmm. to abuse of power, leads to the wealthiest people being government right. officials. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was very interesting mm-hmm. because we are just at a time where it's starting to be somewhat, you know, accepted that mm-hmm. socialism could be a way to govern society. And for a show to come out and be so negative against it was kind of surprising to but me. But also makes a big argument against capitalism too at that last couple. Yeah, I mean minutes. I mean, for, it's, sh- for sure. And and the the thing is, is that any type of espionage is mm-hmm. going to get people's attention by making you think there's more corrupt people in government right. than there probably are. And that, you know, that's just how you make it interesting. It's drama. I think I think the other thing, too, that I really enjoyed about the season was like if you read Tom Clancy novels, he gets really into like the technical aspects Mm -hmm. of the stories um, and kind of explains what they're doing and how they're doing it and stuff like that. And it kind of like I really like the second season of Jack Ryan because it showed a little bit more of that. The whole spy craft, Mm -hmm. the losing the tail in Russia, the like. When when Greer is, he picks up the tail the two Russian agents, and then he ends up having the heart attack or whatever it was, yeah. or the the German spy who's using laser microphones to spy on cabinet officials. And yeah, like it's it's not all drones. It's not wall wiretapping. You still need human intel. You still need people on the ground. Oh yeah, going up the river in a boat mm-hmm. to see something. I will say that was the one thing that I was really ticked off about the the season was the, the boat incident. The boat incident where the guy left the boat. Yes. Yeah. It's like why? 
Why did you leave the boat? Yeah, him leaving. Well, what? It didn't make sense because he was a he was a boat guy. He was he was in in the navy. This is what he did. Yeah, like you don't. They weren't shooting at you. They didn't spot you. Why'd you leave the boat? Just not come back. Yeah, like <laughs> yeah. I didn't know if he was trying to maybe check to see if his guys were caught. You know, I don't know. It just didn't or, make sense. Yeah, it I didn't. Mean, it didn't make a lot of sense. And, and it seemed it's it felt like a plot device more than anything. It was and just it like, ultimately led to my favorite character oh. in the show <laughs> being killed. Yeah. So that was disappointing. I don't know about you. I've always been, I've always been somewhat, a, like drawn to supporting characters mm-hmm. who just, you know, they do their thing that they're supposed to do to drive the plot forward, but they do it really well. And I thought mm-hmm. that. Um, Matisse was just a, a hilarious mm-hmm. character in the show because, you know, a, a private military contractor, obviously ex Navy SEAL type of guy. It's like, yeah, hey, this is kind of how I, you know, I I would expect someone like like this to be. You know, <laughs> just extremely good at his <laughs> job, mm-hmm. as well as a little bit of an attitude mm-hmm. and. Um, but in a subtle way. I don't know. Yeah. I, I I thought that um, I really liked his character. It was it sucked to to see him get killed off. But that's the thing. <laughs> that's the thing that I always tell my wife too about when characters are killed off. It's like it has to be the ones you like yeah. in order for it to have an impact. You know what show really made me mad for doing that? Hmm. It it used to be on BBC. It goes by a couple names. It's either Spooks or MI5. Never heard of it. Okay. So it follows MI5 agents in London, in England, doing counterintelligence work. And it very much turns into like a kind of like a 24 kind of thing, just not 24. Mm-hmm. Um, but one thing that they did every season that would drive me insane was. So you spend one season with this cast, starting to get to know them. Then by the end of this first season, like the person that you like the most dies. Mm. And then like people are dealing with it and then season ends. Then second season comes, three seasons you're like three, four episodes in, you have a new favorite character, dead. <laughs> <laughs> And it's not like, like that's like trolling right there. That's what that like, is. And then, the, and then it's like, okay, well then, this person comes in, you he's there for like a season and a half, dead, <laughs> to the point where there was, or and then like, or they'll like something happened. This person has to leave. Like they have to go into hiding for the rest of their lives. It's like there's only one character who stays the entire series, and that's it. Well, that's kind of how Twenty Four was. Uh, Jack Bauer was the only character who was in every season. That's true. That's true. But he wasn't always with CTU. Wasn't always with CTU, but I could be pulling this out of my head of someone who told me this that has no information backing it, but I do believe 24 was one of those shows that 
um, when they were writing it, they were kind of trying to make it be like, we don't want it to be a systematic show. Right. Yes. Every season is going to be 24 hours, mm-hmm. but no character is safe and no character is going to be the Not same even Jack person. Power was safe. Right. So. No, no character is going to be the same person from one season to the right. next. As we saw with Tony Almeida, mm-hmm. as we saw with, uh, Chloe Bennett, with Chloe, as we saw with Gina, mm-hmm. And uh, I can't remember Jack Bauer's daughter's name. Uh, Kim. No. Kim. Is it Kim? I don't remember. I want to say it's Kim. Can't remember her name. Uh, I feel bad about that. I mean, even the um, even the president, the mm-hmm. first the first president, and then his brother. Everyone kind of was, you know, no one was in stuck in a role, which was right. kind of cool. But yeah, I could understand how that'd be frustrating, right? You start yeah. to like someone, and then well, and then like the way the way yeah. that. MI5 would kill people off was like in any other show Hero would survive. (laughs) (laughs) It's like I I remember the one where it's like the guy it's like a hostage situation where they captured two MI5 agents and they're in like the Stark room and the team like the Black Ops team is going to come in with their night vision goggles Mm -hmm. and take out all the terrorists and the guy dies in friendly fire. (laughs) You're just like Wait, what? Like what that happened? just happened? Yeah. Like, or like the guys sitting there, and like the like, I, this one was the one that made me the most mad. Was there's a car bomb in the middle of London? Okay, and they get everybody out. Okay, and if I'm I'm trying to remember, it was either they defuse they the bomb squad defused the bomb, or like it was rendered safe. And then the character walks back towards the car and it blows up. And you're just like, that just happened. Seriously? Like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the British do that. The British like to kill people off. And they like to kill people off in their yeah. shows. Yeah, I've never really gotten into too many British shows. I watched Sherlock. I like that show. That was good. But uh, I'll have to check out this you should, MI5. You should get into Robin Hood. Robin Hood. The I've first heard two good seasons were really, really good. I have heard good things about Last Robin season Hood. was a little painful. <laughs> dumb writer strike. Hey, Josh, we're getting at that hour mark. I'm also mm. starting to get really tired. Caffeine it's, wore off? It's, uh, it's getting pretty late here in the uh, Northeast Ohio. Wired. It uh, It is actually Sunday as we speak. So yes, we gotta it get is. This, this posted oh, up. I got to be at church in like. Seven hours. Great. <laughs> <laughs> but, I guess uh, I'm going to be late this week, Pastor Bill. Sorry. <laughs> but do you have any final closing thoughts, Josh, as we wrap up this 18th episode of After Sunday Discussion? And I do think I have the number right on that one. You sure about that? I do. I wrote it in my notes. <laughs> you have notes? <laughs> yep. It's the episode title up there. Oh, my God. Garage Band. Oh. Band. We need to do more of these. We need to actually have a list of things we want to talk about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> today I was have, today I have was a list fun. in my head. Yeah, today was because we were going to record a raking coals and mm-hmm. we got sidetracked. Yeah. And we said, screw it. This yeah. An ASD. We haven't done one in a while. We were in ASD brain mode. See, raking coals brain mode is like an early start. ASD is late start. Yeah, ASD is like we've pounded so much sugar <laughs> that our like I don't think I can pay attention right now because. Okay, let me. Can I describe the table right now? Yeah, sure. Go for it. Okay, we have Entman's Popham glazed donut holes. We yeah. have Sour Patch Kids. We have 
an open bag of gummy worms and an open bag of Keebler. What is that? El fudge cookies. El maybe fudge it's cookies. El fudge. I don't know. And then we have a t- mega pack of Gushers, an open bag of Snyder of Hanover old time pretzels, Man. and we s- we had a Lunchables pack which I ate. Cody has an unopened bag of Flaming Hot Doritos. Oh, yeah. I'm going to eat some There are three water bottles and two cups of coffee. Yeah. Yes. We've we've consumed a lot of yeah, it. it's Yeah. It's been a night, man. It's been it a fun night. Been. It's been crazy. Yeah. We actually hung out pretty pretty good before before recording. Yeah. My wife about a lot. will not come on the podcast. I don't know why. To, we're trying to get her on here, everybody. So, uh, so that's, yeah. uh, I don't know if you've got any final closing thoughts. I really don't. Um, so whenever you're ready to sign off. I'm ready to sign off. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to episode 18 of the After Sunday Discussion. If you guys like these and you would like to have more of these, make sure to give us a review in your podcasting platform of choice, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Play. Give us a five-star review so that our popularity can grow and we can be motivated to make more of these. We really like sitting down and talking about the various different things, but uh, we really try to get business done first with raking coals. If you're not listening to that, be sure to check it out. You can find that on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, or head over to our website, e43collective.com. That's e43collective.com. You can find out a little bit more about us, but we're not going to take up any more of your time. And as we always like to say, have a fantastic week and a blessed day. Bye-bye.